One of the main things that the original Illuminati group were supposedly behind is the French Revolution. And basically, the five planes disappeared without a trace. All five? All five. The theory goes that Paul McCartney actually died and he was replaced by somebody that they found that was like a, a doppelganger of sorts. Hello, welcome back to Man Overboard Podcast, episode 13, and a new setup today as well. We've got Frankie on, the man that started with the first two episodes, is back for an amazing return. Back, absolutely, mate. It's good to be here. It's a pleasure. We've got uh, we've got three three man set up in one room, which Anna, is impressive. Yeah. It's been it's been yeah. slightly tricky to set it up, but we're good. Anyway, today's episode is a conspiracy episode. So we've all come with a conspiracy each, and I'm really excited to like dive into both of yours as well as mine. And I'm gonna go first. I've picked one that's probably one of the most stereotypical conspiracies to th- pick, but I'm still excited about it, and it is the Illuminati. And I've kind of put a slash to like the Bilderberg group because they're a big part of this conspiracy. But so historically, uh, the Illuminati was actually a group back in the 1700s. In 1776 in Bavaria in Germany, the society was started and it was, it was made to oppose superstition and, and their kind of like ethos was to impose uh, the order of the day. Mm. So, you know, they wanted to make sure they were kind of secretly in charge of many things. And one of the main things that the original Illuminati group were supposedly behind is the French Revolution. So I never knew this. I thought that the Illuminati was a more recent conspiracy Mm. or that Mm. the group was only really known about in recent times. But I think this group in in the 1700s were actually quite well known. Like many people knew about them. They were behind the French Revolution and they were actually quite like secretive in terms of People were trying to find out who were members and it was people like that were in like armies and, and generals in wars and stuff. So I thought that was quite interesting. A lot of people also relate the Illuminati to other secret societies. I don't know if you've heard of like Skull and Bones or the the uh, Freemasons and stuff like that. I've heard of the Freemasons, yeah. There's like some, well, they, they hate being called a cult, but um, mm. it is... It's pretty, it's pretty close to it. Yeah. Well, well, my uh, my old man's a Freemason. Well, was a Freemason. Really? Yeah, what did yeah, that yeah. Entail? He used to be in um, quite a few Masonic lodges, and he was the uh, Grand High Master of like three or four different lodges uh, and all this shit. I, so I, <laughs> scary. I used to, I because I, I do like agency work for for bars and stuff like that, mm. and uh, the they were like hosted a function at a race course that I was working at. So I was like serving Freemasons and I got to like see a few of their speeches and stuff. And there was like a, I think they called it a grand provincial grandmaster or what, something mm. like that. And one of them was leaving and I got to see all like the goodbyes and stuff and the weird handshakes they had and stuff. <laughs> it was so strange. Yeah, you see that in itself is a little bit scary. And I think that's the weird thing about all of these groups because a lot of them date back so far. They still have a lot of these traditions and like traditional names and stuff that they'll call each other. Whereas like the Illuminati apparently died off pretty quickly. There was only up to um, two and a half thousand members in this like original group. And apparently like that got eradicated after the French Revolution and it kind of died down. But again, because it was so secret, Many people thought that it just continued underground and that's a rumour that stays literally to this day. So also, nowadays I'd say that the modern Illuminati, whether it be a thing or not, we'll maybe debate that at the end, is more linked to like the New World Order, celebrities, uh, politicians and stuff. I'm sure everyone's seen the links with like celebrities where Kanye West and and Jay-Z have thrown up what is apparently Illuminati signs, etc., 
just the triangle when they're on stage and mm-hmm. everyone's like, the, oh the my one God. I, the one eye in a triangle. Yeah, yeah, literally. So them two are apparently members. There's Beyonce that's apparently a member of this like secret society. And many people also believe that it's related to like religion in terms of these people are like devil worshippers and are try mm. to do the work of the devil, etc. Which I think is... Um, <laughs> It's far-fetched, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you were going to have groups of celebrities who obviously came from the bottom, a lot of them, all become devil worshippers. Yeah, I mean, it's, it didn't help with all like the memes that it had surrounding it as well, because it's like, it sort of made it, it sort of made fun of it. And mm. if, if there was any truth to it at all, after all that exposure to all the memes and stuff like that, I sort of eradicated that a little bit. Yeah. It's one of those where, where people class it as there's, there's secret organisations and then it sounds like when Illuminati started out, it was more of an organisation with secrets, which is how Freemasons word it as well, mm. where they're not a secret organisation because they would have to list all of the members to the police. Mm. If you're an organisation with secrets, mm. it's the other way around. So if you're public facing, but you have hidden things away from everybody else then that's allowed but if you're a hidden organization all of a sudden it becomes a a conspiracy then well yeah i think like just if you are hidden people are gonna blow up anything you do or just because people don't know about it instantly makes it more scary doesn't it like anything that's unknown you think the worst of like if you're in your room at night and there's a dark corner and your dressing gown's there if you yeah. thought about it, you'd know it's just a dressing gown. But at first you're like, oh my God, what is that? I can't tell what it is. Uh-huh. I'm going to die. Uh-huh. I think it's an axe murder or something. But one of the main Illuminati signs I touched on a little bit then is the triangle. As I said, celebrities have been known to to, to use this. But it's also uh, the all-seeing eye. So there's the triangle with the mm. eye in. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people relate to the Illuminati because it's on the dollar bill. So obviously that's led for people to believe that the Illuminati is behind the US bank and like the design of the dollar bill and that they had some kind of part in the founding fathers and stuff, which is interesting because some of the founding fathers were also part of the Freemason groups, which I think these stories intertwine so much. They always do. And I feel like, I don't know if the Rothschilds link in with the Illuminati um, in, in a tight fashion, but like they, the Rothschilds, I don't know how true any of this is by the way, but like their family worked in the banking system yeah. in the financial institutions in like uh, in global sectors, so like I think Vienna was one, London was one, just, and then they sort of gained influence throughout their cities, and then just props themselves up and basically ran the whole world or whatever. So I feel like that connection as well brings it back to the dollar bill, the all C and I, the new world order. It always, it always just falls into place, and <laughs> yeah, everyone's got it figured out. Well, haven't I, they? I yeah. think like it's it's weird as well because it's been such a prominent conspiracy. Like everyone will have seen this online, whether it be through like weird tarot cards or like the dollar bills or celebrities or whatever. But also like the all C and I in itself originally, uh, well, according to many people, was just a religious symbol. Like it's mm-hmm. in many old Christian paintings especially in america as well it's on lots of like churches on the paintings it's in the glasswork it's 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 everywhere to be seen so people were led to believe that that it was just on the dollar bill because it was a religious sign Mm. but what i think is most interesting about the illuminati and where i think that this becomes a little bit more real and tangible because i was looking into this earlier and it was kind of scaring me a little bit i was like oh shit what (laughs) is this but it relates to the new world order so the new world order is effectively like this secretive group of people who will decide all the well what's going to happen in the world what wars what the economic state's going to be where they're going to go in invade next etc and this kind of ties into something called the bilderberg group 
So the Bilderberg Group is effectively just like a group of people. It's never set to like, it's not like 10 select people. But every year since 1968, this group of people have met up at a secret location until after the meeting, obviously then people will have known it's happened. There's been no media allowed ever at these events. So there's been like up to 300 people attending, all very important people. Like just to name a few of the people who have been there in the past, you've got Prince Philip and Prince Charles have both attended. You've got Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands or Holland, who's been 10 times. You've got the Canadian Prime Ministers from 1968 to 2015 have all attended every year, whichever Prime Minister it's been. You've got Angela Merkel's attended before, uh, Maggie Thatcher, uh, Tony Blair, Gordon Brown have all attended. So do they have to log the... the the attendance of like each individual person. Yeah, that's, so that's what ha- can't be kept secret, but yeah, everything so in the meeting. Everything in the meeting, they, they just have to release like what points have been spoken about. And I'm going to go over some of them again in a second. Um, but yeah, so all these people will go to this meeting. The only other two people I had on there uh, is Bill and Hillary Clinton. Oh, so, so like, there's it's not just politicians as well. So in the past, there's been the Nestle chairman's been there, BP and Shell mm. CEOs, the Barclays Bank CEO, the Talk Talk CEO, the PayPal co-founder, and then there's like countless. When I was going through the list, like think of any major media corporation or any like big gambling company. Well, or, yeah, because that's how that they'll be directed about how to, you know, influence the public. Yeah, exactly. So like, literally everyone politicians royal family members bank ceos huge company ceos and people that are going to affect the way that like everyday life is for the rest of the world and go into this meeting where there is no media allowed and no one's allowed to actually like report on like the specifics of it right so the meeting was put on hold for the last few years due to covid apparently there was one this year but i couldn't get much information on that yet but uh, they actually have their own website if anyone wants to look into this. It's just like you just type in Bilderberg Group and you can go on their official website where they release like the basic points of what they're going to discuss. So here are the points that were discussed in the 2019 meeting. So the first one is a stable strategic order, which is, sounds a bit scary, but it's, you know, you'd imagine it's just usual pol- political talk. What next for Europe? Which is a very broad statement. Um, of course, like Brexit and stuff will have just happened. So... It's probably a lot going on for those politicians. What what year was this? This meeting? is twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, right, the last okay. like recorded yeah. one where they released the topics. Mm-hmm. Climate change and sustainability, which I would expect rich people to talk about, and then two of them are just China and Russia. China. <laughs> so like all these people are meeting up and just discussing like what to do about China and what to do about Russia. With, with no like actual reporting. And bear in mind then these politicians are going to go back and they're thinking, right, so we've got all the big oil company CEOs with their, all the big like food companies and media outlets and stuff. If I don't side with what they agreed on we were going to do in this meeting, the media is going to slander me. Other countries' leaders aren't going to be friends with me. Do you know, like it will create a, like a real impact. Um, the future of capitalism was one, which I know is something that's kind of come up in debate, especially in recent weeks in the UK with the cost of living going a bit crazy. People are saying... Is capitalism the best system? So that was being discussed in 2019. So I bet that was one of them this mm. year as well. You've got Brexit, kind of like you would have thought that's in there. The ethics of artificial intelligence was one. So was yeah. Brexit outlined as an actual talking point? Yeah, like, like they will have sat and discussed Brexit. So uh, apart from the Europe, that's that's also yeah, that's its own individual. Right. One. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I suppose in 2019 it was really like kicking in, like we're actually starting to leave and. 
obviously there will have been loads of different uh, countries' leaders. And th- it's not just like prime ministers that attend as well. There was like the, the Bank of England CEOs and all the financial advisors from everywhere and stock market leaders in America. Like pretty much anyone you can think of that's important. Because they're, they're all in cahoots. They're no, but it's, it really it's scared all, me. Yeah, it, they're all in like it one boat. It doesn't surprise me though. It might scare you, but it's this, I feel like it's sort of not necessary. I don't want to, because obviously it is really corrupt and all that. Yeah. But like, it's it's not a surprise that all these powerful people are in cahoots, like you said, or just communicate with each other. But it's the what's annoying is that it's all behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it makes everyone else think that like, oh, are they using us? Obviously they are, because there's there's only one way to get wealthy, and that is to fuck a load of people over. But like, it's it's clear that they've been doing this for such a long time, and it's they still are. But now they've just got all this technology and stuff, like you said, with the AI, which they can probably manipulate things even further. Yeah, so that kind of leads on to one of the other topics they discussed, discussed, which is the weaponization of social media. Oh, good. Weaponization oh, as well. That's I a, know, that's the a fact that you've been... <laughs> <laughs> that's a good word to use. I know, and we were talking about outside how like TikTok has kind of taken over in the past few years, which is from like 2019 and how that algorithm like learns everything about you. Is TikTok a topic? <laughs> it's, it's not. It might have been this year. <laughs> what can we do about TikTok? <laughs> yeah, that damn app. Yeah, but like that really doesn't surprise me as well. We've seen like in the past few years it come out about, uh, was it Cambridge Analytica and stuff that mm-hmm. had a massive impact in Brexit and some of the recent elections in the UK and America and the stuff with Trump as well and I remember seeing in some of the previous years topics there was a lot about like Trump and and what's going to happen when he's in office etc I don't know whether it will have been in a positive light or a negative light because obviously I'm not there to discuss it um and then the last two are the importance of space which pretty standard like space is kind of important I guess and then cyber threats which again kind of comes under like the social media type thing but then I also jotted down because I must have found these a little bit later two other guests who have appeared there multiple times who I think are probably the most notable and I must have gone oh shit I should have included these earlier (laughs) but it's Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates have also attended a few times so you've literally got the richest people in the world there, along it's just with the one percent, isn't it? Yeah. Have you got Basically. Mr. Musk? He, I couldn't find him anywhere because I reckon he's a bit of a loose cannon, mm. and I reckon that he might not conform as much as these other big honchos might. Yeah. Uh, in the way that obviously he's he's very into his meme culture, and he's a bit of a I don't know. I think he's a bit of like um, they must see him as kind of more They'll of a liability a almost. They'll yeah, see him as a threat and a liability because like, he's difficult to control. He's way more unpredictable, mm-hmm. less corporate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you as you will, but um, I don't imagine he'll conform to it as much. But then I say that, but I think when you get to that level of rich, and there was already the PayPal uh, co-founder, so he founded it with Musk. If he's going, it's probably likely that maybe Musk went and they just didn't report on it, or he's part of the conversation because he's friends with everyone that's there. Well, I mean, he'll definitely if he even though he's not there, he'll definitely have intel on what happened at the meeting. Yeah, he'll be aware of it. He'll definitely be aware of it for sure. But then, so that's where I think the Illuminati becomes more of like, I'm not saying they're going to this meeting and worshipping the devil, except (laughs) I'm not saying they're doing anything like that. But I think when people think of the Illuminati, they think of like this secret group of people who are running the world. I think this is pretty much it because we don't actually see what they're talking about, like in detail. We can see Brexit, but they could be talking about all sorts to do with Brexit. The weaponization of social media, they could be talking about how they're going to use that to their advantage or like to to boost Microsoft sales, but fuck over Musk by not publishing stuff about Tesla because he decided not to come to the meeting this year. Do you know what I mean? So I think 
that is the kind of part where it becomes real. I think on the flip side, to kind of counter the conspiracy, to me, it kind of... Obviously, the, it, it, it's worrying that there's so much stuff that they, they haven't included and, like, how much stuff they're, they're not going to include in what they release. But is people, like, are people surprised that all the world leaders are getting together? Because wouldn't you imagine that's what they do to, like, that's how the world's run, right? Yeah, th- I think the thing that surprised me about it was the fact that we know that that happens. It happens all the time at, like, G6 summits and, and, and in the EU and there's loads of other meetings like that. But I think it's more the fact of this isn't just like one set of leaders. It's not just politicians or just like environmental activists or something. I think it's the fact that I don't really see anything like that where there's Bill Gates and the Prince and the Prime Minister of five different countries and all the financial advisors. You never see that on TV. Those people don't meet up together. But this is the one time that they do. But it's just not spoke about. Imagine that party fucking hell. Yeah. (laughs) Drinking children's blood in the back. Well, I think that's where the devil stuff comes from because it's like... There's all these ultimate powerful people. They must be up to something like that. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's, it's just popped into my head. There's, um, I know you guys will probably know who Alex Jones is. He's, he's come out with some crazy things throughout the years. But I know there was one time, like originally, like what he like kind of became famous for was he went to this meeting of like really famous people like Donald Trump and stuff were there. And he like recorded some of it and you can go find this on YouTube. I can't remember what it's called. It'll probably pop into my head. But at this meeting, again, like similar crowd to this, loads of rich people, loads of wealthy people, loads of politicians. And and, and when he was filming it, there was like paintings of people like shagging on the walls and stuff, like Mm -hmm. shagging each other, like Donald Trump shagging Bill Clinton and stuff, like paintings of it on the walls. And then at the end of this like big party thing, and they all came with like dead animal heads and stuff on and dressed up. Oh, it's like bloody squid game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end of this party, they all went outside and there was like a, like next to a lake, there was like a big like effigy, effigy, which was like meant to be some demonic symbol. And then they set it alight and we're all doing like religious chants and stuff around this effigy. And there's an actual video of this. Like this isn't even a conspiracy. And they said that, oh yeah, it was just like a bit of a, like a weird thing to do. It wasn't like a real thing or whatever. But I remember seeing that and that was scary. Bohemian Grove. Yes, Bohemian Grove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really scary stuff. And there's there's, there's other meetings that they do where, um, it was a really weird one where they'd had a cake made that was a cake of like a pregnant woman and basically that was the cake in the middle of all these like powerful people there's pictures of it and they're eating a cake of a pregnant lady and they're cutting her open and eating parts of it and it's like obviously that's that's some weird symbolism but they've got they've got all that weird high class art but it's got a link to something right there's, yeah. it's not just it's not just for fun you don't have pictures like that around eating cakes of pregnant women for the sake of doing it <laughs> like, yeah that is really strange and i know that some of the like initiations for some of these old groups like skull and bones and stuff are meant to have been really weird like you've got to like have a bath in blood or like i remember hearing the one about david cameron going to a private school and apparently he fucked a pig or something <laughs> like, oh, that's what i mean it's sort of just like some weird frat um, yeah, <laughs> frat, frat, just, frat for people who are already rich frat, and can get yeah. whatever they want anyway. So I thought we'd sorry, sorry. I thought we'd end the Illuminati thing on like a bit more of like a lighter note because I think that 
like a lot of TV shows and stuff have played into it. You've seen like references to it on The Simpsons and throughout loads of stuff. And one of the ones that entertains me the most is Marvel's ways of getting around it and kind of bringing it into comics and bringing it into films. And I know that if you if you literally Google like Illuminati Marvel, on the Marvel website they've listed a bunch of superheroes who are part of the Illuminati. Well, it's a whole it's a whole um, running. The you remember uh, Doctor Strange: yeah, yeah. of Madness? Yeah, I've got that. That in is there. the Illuminati. Exactly. That's what it is. But yeah. there's like Doctor Strange meant yeah. to be in there iron man you've got professor x and i thought that it's funny how most people think of this as this like big demonic scary organization and then marvel are like yeah but what about iron man he's part of it <laughs> yeah, like, do you not like professor x yeah. yeah do you know who one person i wonder if was ever part of the illuminati um paul mccartney paul mccartney paul mccartney save him for later <laughs> yeah save that for later yeah. on my friend <laughs> All right, yeah, that's me on the Illuminati anyway. What do you think? Do you think it's real? Do you think that there is actually this uh, scary cult that are kind of running the world? Or do you think it's more just some rich people? I think, I, will, I, I definitely think they have, well, they clearly have meetings and whatnot that, in, uh, that basically decide how they run the world. But whether they're, I don't know, devil worshippers or anything like that, they may have been like their ancestors did it and it's sort of been fizzled yeah. out potentially. But I mean... It's, it definitely happens. I'm not sure whether it's to the extent that people say it is. A but what are they discussing at these meetings? That Because there's stuff like, you know, G20 summits, and there's all these summits that happen that are publicly known, and that's amongst all the high-ranking politicians and such from different countries. So those are going on. So what's the need for these other because meetings? Because it's secret, because the media are out there, so it's behind the public eye. And it's like the lack of filter that these really rich and powerful people can have and the connection that they have it within that and i reckon they'll use that to their advantage to actually get stuff done whereas like all these other you know meetings that they have in the public eye they're probably just the smoke screen and whatnot mm-hmm. you know what i mean but this is what what they'll actually rely on i reckon if it is yeah true. i do agree yeah. and i also think it's pretty impressive the fact that they've managed to not have any like proper media in there especially in recent years like now people it's got to the point they have to release what they've talked about and after a few years they have to release who was there but that's only because there's so much pressure the fact that they managed to keep the location completely secret and all these people go meet up shows that it must be valuable for the people going to not leak what's actually being talked about just as like a, a slight side note every time you say Bilderberg all I can think of is Bilderberg <laughs> <laughs> that's it every yeah. time it's not, not quite the same thing not quite the same thing anyway Frankie what conspiracy have you got for us today <laughs> Right, so I'm not sure if it, it, the people class is as a conspiracy. I don't know. It's uh, but anyway, it's the Bermuda Triangle. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I was looking into it. Uh, people say it's more of like a urban legend. I don't know, but you guys have clearly already done a pod on that. So <laughs> yeah. we'll 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 mark it as um as a, as a conspiracy for now. So uh, basically, the Bermuda Triangle. Um, it's located uh, just out of uh, Puerto Rico, uh, and then. It's like a triangle, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just it's like it's like near the Bahamas, sort of, just uh, just east of America, effectively. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's uh, kicked up such a fuss, I mean, it's been a thing for a few hundred years now. So I think Christopher Columbus commented on it. He apparently saw when he was entering America and saw land and whatnot. He 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 was said he saw some weird sights like flames and stuff like that at the top of the land that that he was entering. Uh, we've also got, who else? Shakespeare mentioned it briefly in a few of his plays. I'm not sure which plays he did, but clearly it's been around for a while. It's been this hoodoo in society. But the reason for it is um, there was a study, um, I think it was 1887, over seven years, 
and it fa- they found because it was uh, basically collecting information around that area and why it was you know getting all these stories this traction i found that there was 1600 ghost ships over the seven years they're calling ghost ships meaning a a boat floating on the water without anyone on it so no crew over what period over seven years over seven years that that this happened so in the late 1800s okay um and then obviously with with uh time we with with when we got flight and stuff, so we had planes missing planes as well without any traces. So yeah, there was a. So I'll I'll talk you through some notable incidents because obviously you can, anyone can say there was sixteen hundred yeah. ships. It's a bit like you know what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. So basically, right, I'm gonna fast forward to nineteen forty five. So uh, there was this there's this flight called Flight nineteen, and it was basically uh, it was a training exercise, military training exercise. Um, and there was five planes. There was one captain of the train exercise. It's really like routine. So like this is something that that have done loads of times, just training up the pilots. And it was run by this captain. Can't remember his name. I think it was Captain Powers. So he he was really experienced. He knows what he's doing. So like he was running the show. And basically, the five planes disappeared without a trace. All five. All five. Wow. They're still yet to be found. So did they have communications with... Yeah, you can actually, I think, I don't know if you can access it, but I saw like a documentary on it and they basically reenacted like the conversation that the crew were having throughout the exercise. So yeah, um, they, they were communicating and I think they were trying to get directed by the the base on land. So like, you know, in space travel, you've got Houston. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the... Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> the version is for for plane travel, but yeah, that they would try to get communication with those guys, but um, with the uh, there's with the flight and stuff like that. I think when when moving through this area, and I'm not, I'm pretty sure it's not the only area in the world that does this, but like their compasses, so they've got like a magnetic compass as well. Mm. That was like flipping all over the place. Yeah. They re- basically didn't know where they were, and they. What there's theorists that say they've run out of fuel, but they just didn't know where land was, so they I think they just got lost and then ended up disappearing. Yeah, I think it's really weird as well because as you said, there is a few spots on Earth where that like your compasses don't work anymore, like they'll just completely fail. But you would have thought like after a couple planes going over and the communications going, the planes behind would think maybe we shouldn't go over the same spot or there must be something there. You wouldn't think that the, it'd be something um, like strange, like some kind of conspiracy, but you might think there's like a, a different plane shooting them down or some on land shooting them down. Maybe we shouldn't go over there. So the fact it was five planes that went through that time and they all disappeared without yeah, a trace is the, the, for, So there, there was obviously a, um, a searching, um, they tried to find, find them. I think there was like 300 planes and boats over five a five-day period were searching non-stop over the Bermuda Triangle and where they thought they were no trace and there was also a plane that brief a rescue plane that briefly flew out this was before the search was carried out a rescue plane that was basically supposed to be able to land on water so it was a seaplane uh, as if uh, and that disappeared as well Right. I think I think it's interesting that it's not just boats, that it's planes as well. You know, it's not just like one type of craft. That's, so it's not something in the sea because it's in the sky. Yeah, because it, well. when it was uh, during like Colum- the Columbus era or whatever, they probably just thought it was like a sea monster mm-hmm. or yeah. something eating up the boats and whatnot. But uh, it's clearly something 
around the entire area, which is a bit... Yeah, I think strange. also, back in the day, people would have probably just thought, like, oh, maybe that everyone was diseased and started jumping off the boat, or no one could really swim, so maybe everyone drowned. I know you said it was, like, the 1,600 reported boats went missing, so you'd probably start to question it at that point. But again, like, with, like, mythology and stuff back then, as you said, you'd probably just think there was something eating all the boats but and you'd avoid that area. Also, it could have just been that there was a shitload of jagged rocks under the water, and every time the boats were going past there, they were hitting that, and then they were sinking, but nobody had well, documented I- it. I don't know if in the middle of the sea would. Well, well, that's, well no, that's how I mean. But yeah, you know, it yeah could, true. You could would be, think there's a lot of explanations that you would have got to first. There are parts of the Bermuda Triangle where that would be an issue, and I, I think that someone drew like a graph of like all the dotted out all the incidents, and there were several that were by like rocky areas where there's right. probably heightened seabeds and stuff like that. So that probably was an issue there. But there's also like a considerable amount mm-hmm. of incidents that are like right out in the open where it wouldn't have been collision based it would have been something else and we'll go on to that so um so there's there's basically theories of like you know how i touched on magnitude and all that so basically i think during in this sort of area and there's like i said there's other areas we'll move on to that in a second but um i think there's basically like a shift in magnetic force in and that's caught that causes like severe weather changes whirlpools rogue waves that can like reach up to like 100 feet right um and this is what people think that causes all these uh incidents and um let's go into i mean certainly the effects on the weather can be believed like if if you're just going across on your boat and a 100 foot wave comes you're pretty done and like everyone might get knocked off the boat but the boat might still be there or mm-hmm. would obviously go to the bottom of the ocean. And then, as you said, like if the strong winds and stuff randomly, that can have a massive impact on planes, especially like back when planes weren't anywhere near as advanced as they are now. And also back in the day um, when there were, you know, these big massive wooden vessels, I feel like if the captain and the majority of the crew were taken out, you know, if they fell overboard or something like that, the rest of the crew, they've got no fucking idea how to carry on sailing the boat. So <laughs> then yeah. they're all yeah. jumping off as well, thinking let's try and swim to land. We've got no other way to do it. And then game over. I think the quickest way that you would die as well in a scenario like that where you just lost out at sea is dehydration and like there's a common case of like especially a few hundred years ago where you just thought, oh let's just drink a bit of seawater and we'll figure it out in like a day or something like that but then that just speeds up the the process because you, your kidneys can only hold so much salt and then also it's it's quite it's, it's known to if you if you drink in seawater, it just makes you lose your head. And then also like sometimes just jumping overboard seems like the best thing to do, but in actual fact, it's probably the worst. Yeah, I'd hate to be stuck out at sea. That'd be one of my worst fears. You that's why I will. I'll never go on a cruise. <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't, probably I would. Don't and imagine dare. imagine like you just being a sailor yourself and seeing one of these ghost ships. That would be terrifying. Just you can't see anything three hundred sixty degrees around apart from this ship that's got nobody on it. Yeah, that would lead to the things about around the mythology and stuff, wouldn't it? I don't like that. Uh, and continuing on the, the fun path before we, we um, you know, sort of get a bit boring. Basically, you know how you mentioned that, uh, I don't know if it might have been you, that, that there's other places around the world that have these weird magnitude bases and, and, and whatnot. It's, it's, it's quite a lot to do with uh, the, just the positioning on the earth. So basically... Uh, they're called the vile vortices there's 12 vile vortices two of them being the the north and the south pole and then the other 10 are basically distributed around the equator so i think there's like uh i think it's was it latitude 
We get latitudes up and down, isn't it? So there's yeah. there's there's five that are above the equator. One one being the Bermuda Triangle, mm-hmm. and other sort of points on the Earth that are of of significance. And there's the other five that are directly below it, and other things that just sort of basically um you know the past theories with it. It was like alien related as well you know how i've mentioned the sea monsters maybe it wasn't that could also be aliens so like other points that are part of these vortices uh there's the i think it's uh in J- J- in japan there's the dragon's triangle it's basically it's like a mirror image positioned of the Bermuda triangle but it's just another sea just outside japan that's, that's and there's like an ancient city or something like that ten thousand years old underwater and I don't know who uh, built it or anything like that. And there's also similar hoodoos that the Jap- Japanese have about these waters. And I think I think the government have banned like traveling through it, or sp- especially the military traveling through it, because the amount of navy ships that have gone down. Right. That's- so I don't know if this is connected, or it's all just based on the location of the Earth, and then specifically that. It's just yeah. I'd imagine it's something to do with like deep points in the sea or something. I have no idea. But that one about the the city underground that's that's a bit strange. That sounds like some kind of Atlantis style. Yeah. And there's yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. There's like other like um other points of interest. I think uh, south of the equator, there's Easter Island, which have all those weird statues. I think there's some ruins in a where is it? Um, so yeah, megalithic ruins of Algeria. There's also ruins um, in India and Zimbabwe, all at different vortices, and the Bermuda Triangle is part of that. So that that's why the alien connection comes from. But I don't know if it actually has any strength to it. So do all of these different points that you just mentioned also have like that strange thing to do with like the the magnetic and the compasses, and or are they just points that kind of like link together in a different um, way? I, well, there's. I think there's there's one of them that there's there's some that are more boring than others. So I think that but it's weird that the two C's, so the Bermuda Triangle or the two triangles, Bermuda Triangle and the Dragon's Triangle, show similar things because they're like a mirror image of the two. Okay. I don't know whether the forces contribute differently if it's in like closer to the middle of it, and obviously the poles will be different. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting, but. Uh, so just to just to iron it off, a few things that basically debunk this theory of 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 aliens, but also like the fact that this is a really dangerous part of the world to travel in by by boat. So basically, what uh, one one interesting fact is insurance companies. So basically, insurance companies don't actually charge ships because obviously ships must get insured, like cargo ships and whatnot. They don't charge co- uh, these companies to travel through the Bermuda Triangle anymore. So yeah. they don't view it as any riskier than I don't know the middle of the Pacific Ocean or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting because obviously insurance companies are normally clued up more than anyone to prevent themselves losing a load of money. So uh, it's funny that they don't view it as as a really dangerous part. And there's other there's there's other places. I think there's like a, I think the middle of the, of the Pacific Ocean is considerably more dangerous. But then obviously this is, like a lot of these stories coming from like 150 years ago. We don't have that information. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the main things to take with us. Take it with a pinch of salt. Obviously, a lot of these stories are from hundreds of years ago. Like the fact of like sixteen hundred ships going missing—that's the one that stuck in my brain for some reason. Just because I would mental. think, like, surely you just not go there anymore. And at that this was point. over seven years. Like, it wasn't that wasn't over yeah. like hundred years? Sixteen hundred ships. But then again, I think that like uh, if a lot of these wreckages are from this like magnitude, mag- magnitudinal movement. I think with a, with a ship that was made back then, it would be so vulnerable to that. And the lack of compass, compasses that um, can identify when there's like a storm brewing or or like bubbles from the from the bottom of the sea, you're not gonna you're gonna be caught by surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they they wouldn't have had anywhere near as many safety precautions as nowadays. So do do terrestrial flights go through there now? Terrestrial even. Yeah. So like, you, like, like you know, people going on holiday and people and such like that. I'm guessing they now just go through those zones naturally, and there's no. Like, th- yeah, they that, they must do because they have to. It's such a big area, especially it's coming through to get to America, especially from Europe. They'd have to go through it. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know whether like airplanes are maybe flying over it because mm-hmm. obviously if they're thirty thousand feet, I also think like. If they might not in terms of if the flight path or like the do you know like what, what the, the airstreams if they're just not in that area then why would they fly over there there's not really any need for like passenger planes there might be like little planes that go over there that aren't at such heights but like like as you said if it is at that height it's probably way over and maybe the magnetic field disruptions or whatever aren't the same but also if the if the airstreams they just won't fly there. It wouldn't make sense, like commercially. You just lose money for going over there. <laughs> just so why would you just risk for it? the sake of it? Yeah, yeah. We'll just yeah. we'll just test you lot out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll sacrifice you guys to the sea. But I like that one. So, do you believe that? Do you believe any of these stories? Would you be worried flying or sailing through there, or would you just ignore it? Um, I'd be more worried to travel by boat. I don't know. I'd, especially if it was just like a if you're in some little Ponzi boat that was just so unprotected. I don't know. I mean, I don't really like traveling like on by sea anyway so like yeah. it, it, and i put i'm not a, i'm not a fabulous swimmer either so like, i'd be i'd be fucked in these scenarios but like I, I don't know it's it's a bit it's a bit scary obviously like all the i'm sure there's countless amount of sailors that have seen really weird shit that they always talk about and it's haunted them forever but what's interesting is going back to what you were saying about like christopher columbus and such them documenting that they saw like flames in the sky and all these weird sightings here's another thing though that that i also saw in this documentary that may debunk that as well is that you got loads of factors here christopher columbus i don't know how long it took him to set off from here to there but it must have been months and by that point, you're probably quite delirious, and uh, God knows what yeah. what would spook you. Very religious at the time as well, of course. But then also that there's there was a civilization, the like the American Indians, uh, that that would have been there, and that they could have feasibly be lighting a fire, you yeah, know, on, on the on the land, and he must have just seen that glimmer of light and then gone, that's it. Yeah, I'd also imagine what you said on like the delirious point, drugs back then as well. He might have scanned some mushrooms just as like his for his dinner and not even. Know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is, is there a chance? You know, with the Northern Lights, um, you know how that that's to do with um, the poles and magnetic shift in the sky and all that. Do you think there's a chance that it could have been some kind of like 
light anomaly in the sky that was happening and he was just seeing something that we now understand scientifically but back then was like it's got to be aliens it's got to be a sea monster yeah, you know what i mean well, i mean for all we know it could have been one of those shipwreck ships that sat on fire or like do you know one of those ghost ships yeah i imagine it gets really hot through there if if something somehow set alight that would look pretty scary if you were just sailing and there was a big ship on fire and, you and then that would also explain the ghost ships because if a boat was on fire anyway they're all jumping off so then you've just got a flaming yeah. ship sailing along we've come and I mean, if they're made out of wood, that's basically a shitload of fuel. It's, it's just going to stay alight forever then, isn't it? Well, not forever, but it's going to stay alight for a long time. Yeah. Also, it's a triangle. Illuminati. Oh, shit. The Illuminati. Oh, shit. That is full it, triangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, full triangle. Yeah, it's, full all, triangle. it's all the Illuminati. <laughs> We've got triangles everywhere. But I say we take a, a quick two-minute break unless you've got anything else to go uh, on this, Frankie. I think that's basically summed it up. I, in, in short, I think it is just... Very explainable, scientifical reasons. That's a great word, isn't it? Scientifical. Yeah. <laughs> um, that the, the basically just caused all these things. And now I feel like we have a much better understanding of it. But it's, it's fun to think of how a world would be if it just had a bit more magic in it. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go through there. On a I wouldn't want to go through there, now. but do you know what? It might be a bit of fun if it actually had some sort of truth to it. <laughs> yeah, we can see the flaming sea monsters and have a great <laughs> Right, we'll be back in two minutes. All right, welcome back. We've had a little two-minute break. I'm not going to do a weird intro like I did last time because you didn't seem to appreciate no. it. No. I was like, guess who's back? It's, <laughs> it's me. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> you looked at me like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Um, but Tim, you're the last one in the, in the conspiracy game. What have you got for us? So my conspiracy is going to be about paul mccartney from the beatles and how he actually died when uh, the beatles were coming into fame and you know when they were starting their come up and starting to become more popular the theory goes that paul mccartney actually died and he was replaced by somebody that they found that was like a, a doppelganger of sorts who looked a lot like him <laughs> had the same kind of musical styling as him and there is it's one of those theories where you know that it's a load of bollocks, but the amount of stuff that backs the theory starts to make you go, hmm, you mean like Kanye not being Kanye at that festival. Yeah, the, yeah, you, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. So I'm when did he? When that. did he allegedly die? What, what year was it? So, so died? this is so this is how the story goes on him dying initially was that McCartney had stormed out of a songwriting session with the Beatles when they were in a studio, um, and they were working on uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um, and then he got into his car and because he was so mad about what had happened in the studio, he, you know, he was racing about, he was raging behind the wheel and then he just ended up smashing his car and, and then he died in the car crash. Um, and because the band were getting to their peak, uh, McCartney was replaced by a lookalike who has, well, they say that their name is William Shears Campbell. And, uh, he was a man who not only looked like McCartney, but could sing and write songs like him too. So that in it's itself like it is him. That's it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so the first time uh, the rumors of McCartney's apparent death were given any real credibility um, was in 1969 when Tim Harper wrote a piece referencing the rumor in um, a magazine and um, a caller by the name of Tom called into Russ Gibb, uh, who was a radio DJ and asked to discuss the rumors about McCartney's death. Um, he pointed Gibb towards a song called Revolution 9 and told him to play it backwards. And uh, Gibb himself said he should have brushed it off, but the guy said play the record and he went along with it. And um, the notion was strange, but, you know, Gibb went along with it, played it. And at the beginning of Revolution 9, it basically just goes number nine, number nine. And then it kicks into the song after it does that a few times. And if you play 
the words number nine backwards, it sounds like he's saying, turn me on, dead man. Turn me on, dead man. When you <laughs> really? so, so yeah, so th- this is this is like the backtracking, and th- there's more of that to come. There's more of these kind of weird clues, but that's the main like premise of the conspiracy is that you know they were so they were so like tied up in becoming successful that they they basically said yeah we're going to replace Paul McCartney, but their conscience basically told them we're going to have to let people know somehow that Paul McCartney died because we feel <laughs> we feel really bad that we we you know we've let him on to do this. So it's like we're going to go along with it and carry on the band, but we're just going to slowly show our appreciation to Paul McCartney for the, by pe- for the people leaving back then. clues. That's it. Yeah, such as number nine. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the opening words of uh, these are some of the clues in the Beatles songs that people have found and relate to this incident. Uh, so the opening words of "Got to Get You Into My Life" are "I was alone. I took." a ride i didn't know what i would find there uh and then there's a line in a day in the life that was he didn't notice that the lights had changed these are all things that people have linked towards them saying oh they're they're, they're letting us know that paul mccartney died in a car crash uh the opening line of she's leaving home which supposedly highlighted the moment of the accident uh, is wednesday morning at five o'clock as the day begins so people say that's when the incident happened. It was at five o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. I don't like the fact that all of these are just random lines from different songs, though. But that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's why it's it, it's it's one of those where there's a lot of stuff that's just thrown in, and you know they're kind of grasping at straws and saying it's this, that, and the other. But as you get deeper into it, there is more stuff that okay. starts to make right. you go, hmm, because these do seem seemingly random. But then there's further ones that are a bit more tangible and give you a bit more let's continue Ooh, okay. um so the song lady madonna reflects on the suppression of the media um so the media not getting out that paul mccartney had died and that starts with the line wednesday morning papers didn't come because obviously the previous didn't, the didn't song come for him, that's it yeah, yeah yeah so uh the previous line was saying that it was wednesday morning at 5 a.m and then saying that the papers didn't come on wednesday because the media didn't report on his death is is what they're saying in that point um and uh Ringo Starr has a solo song called Don't Pass Me By which has the line I'm sorry that I doubted you I was so unfair you were in a car crash and you lost your hair That is a bit of a weird one It's a bit of a fair. weird one to throw in there because wh- why why would Although, you, I suppose you lose your hair in a car crash No maybe well, he was just balding as well the, No the theory was that he actually got um scalped or decapitated uh, so that's why they kind of reference his hair in these car right. crashes and stuff. Um, but again, it's it's which that, that, you, you want to go down. You know, it's the little details. Yeah, that yeah, one was it. the one that made me go, oh, uh-huh. strange. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's odd. I think the Wednesday morning papers didn't come. That's maybe the weirdest one for me so mm-hmm. far. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just like they just they're just lines that make you think. The thing is with the Beatles is a lot of their songs are absolute fucking nonsense, like I Am The Walrus and stuff like that, where they just just throw in out random words, but then people then grasp onto those words and go, oh, did they mean it was Wednesday morning? Is that what they meant? That's when it happened. Uh, So at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, uh, Lennon can be heard um, muttering, which has been interpreted as I buried Paul. And if you actually listen to the recording at the end of the song, it does sound a lot like I Buried Paul is what he's saying. Um, But he came out at a later date and uh, cleared it up by saying he was saying cranberry sauce at the end. Not I Buried Paul. He was saying cranberry sauce. 
Oh, right, mm. yeah. So it's, it's, why it's... Why would you... Uh, to be fair, either of those would be weird things to say, but why <laughs> would you repeat cranberry sauce at the end of a song unless it was about, like, Christmas dinner or something? Well, it wasn't even repeating it. It was it was muttering it under, like, the all the instruments and stuff. You just hear in the background, it's like, I am very poor. Like that in the background, but he comes out and says, cranberry sauce is actually what he was saying. And because, obviously, that they're all scousers, so... Yeah. There's a good chance that it was one of those, you know how you can hear a certain word or you can, you know, when they play yeah. the same word twice and they say, listen for this word or listen for yeah, this or word. As soon, as soon as it's a listen for this word and you're just hearing a murmur, mm-hmm. you can easily convince yourself that it sounds like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think you can you can convince yourself any murmur sounds like anything really if, you, if you're listening for that. Um Near the end of the song, I'm so tired, Lennon is saying, Monsieur, 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 how about another one? And when played backwards, uh, it was heard as, Paul is a dead man, miss him, miss him, miss him. And I listened to the recording of it backwards, and it, it actually it goes, Paul is a dead man, miss him, miss him, miss him. Is it just me? Because I remember back in the day, well, not that long ago, but there was a, everyone used to listen to, was it all the single ladies backwards? And it had like some weird words oh, and stuff I, in I there. I don't like playing stuff backwards, you know. Why? Yeah, but it really does freak me out. Who thought to do that at one point? Oh, I'll just play this song backwards and see if it says out straight. Well, it's actually like, it's a musical, no, I don't know if it's a musical technique, but it's a technique known as backmasking, which is essentially where they have certain parts of a song that can be played backwards and you will hear a different, you know, a mm. different contextual cue, uh, clue. It is true. Is that producers use it in sampling for like vocals as well. So like when you're trying to make a beat, especially in hip hop and like rap and stuff like that, so many producers like pick old samples, whether it's like soul or country music from like 50, 60 years ago. And a lot of, a lot of like tricks that you can do with the sample to like make a melody, form a melody is to like do the reverse. Cause it's like, you're basically just telling the the melody to reverse itself, which sounds quite sick a lot of the time. Yeah. So doing that when exploring that could maybe be a and, and plus the Beatles like and how experimental they were. Like there's a good mm. chance they were playing about with backmasking in some of their songs. So it's a it's a ooh. Uh, and on that Revolution Nine song with the number nine played backwards, turn me on, dead man. Uh, the track also includes the sound of an explosion and a car crash. In the middle of it, there's a big like catastrophic sound of an explosion and then like the sound of like a car crashing and all this stuff along with the turn me on dead man being at the beginning people then you know go oh my god this song is definitely linking to mm. paul mccartney was there death. a period that all these songs came in because obviously uh, sergeant pepper was what 68 i think i mean so they're all uh, they're all they're all along it's all subsequent album that's it yeah whilst they were all still together yeah is it over like a two-year period or is it like over it's a, all of their music like just uh, from that point yeah there's yeah, clues. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. was there anything yeah. before that like surely people have looked at, i mean I, I you probably wouldn't have this in the notes because it wouldn't kind of coincide with a conspiracy but surely there's something in the tracks before that about like a car crash or something what before it happened before the no 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 but as in like most artists will probably have something in the lyrics about a car crash or someone dying oh you mean like one of the members make it go backwards right yeah Yeah. i see see like all the clues shouldn't be just reversed yeah yeah. Yeah. but then but then (laughs) there's there's a couple of lyrics that are referencing like the the uh, you died in a car crash and you lost your hair and that kind of stuff but i know what you're saying was did anybody find any clues in songs before yeah i mean like yeah. before he supposedly died yeah was there anything that you could like then go oh they just happened like maybe whoever was writing the songs like to write about like 
car crashes or whatever. Because well, if you listen to music now, artists will talk about themselves overdosing or themselves committing suicide or like the friends who have, have died or been in a car crash. So it might not particularly have been about uh, Paul McCartney. It might have just been about anyone. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no. And yeah, yeah. Well, that's where it, start, it, it starts to get deeper now because it's not songs anymore. So Uh-oh. at this point, this is this is clues in other things, including album covers. Uh, so um, on Sergeant Pepper, the album cover has flowers, and there's a little uh, flower arrangement at the front. Sergeant Pepper's is the one with all the people on it. There's like fifty different yeah. people. Yeah, they're all in costumes. And there's three versions of them. There's a version of them where they all look really sad in suits and all this and whatnot. There's a little flower arrangement at the front that people say looks like a left-handed bass guitar, the way that it's shaped. And it also looks like it reads out Paul. And Paul was the bassist and he had a left-handed bass. Mm. So for there to be flowers in that arrangement, people go, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, something's going on here. And at the bottom of the album cover, the Hindu god Shiva, the destroyer, is pointing directly at McCartney. Um, and there's multiple instances on the album cover where Alistair Crowley's on there and he was known as a kind of Satanist, creepy guy anyway. But there's a lot of hands over Paul McCartney's head because he appears multiple times in the album cover. And that signifies like an angel's halo. So a lot of people say, why is it only Paul McCartney that's got these hands over his head? Is it signifying that they're, they're trying to say, yeah, Paul McCartney Do you know what's died. weird, though? All of this is like they're pointing at Paul McCartney, but that's not Paul McCartney. No, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of ironic. It's like... <laughs> it's, it's almost as if to say... It's, it, well, it, it's kind of them saying this isn't the real Paul McCartney or this is a hint that Paul McCartney died, yeah. you know, that he isn't, he isn't so, with us yeah, anymore. You must feel like the uh, absolute wrong and being that lookalike. He's like, oh, can you just like, we just, I'm just going to point at you and like put my hand on your head and stuff like that. Oh, it's chill, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's it, yeah. yeah, yeah thinking, oh, why am I doing this? It's weird though, because when you first started with Hysteria, I was thinking, oh, this is complete bollocks. But then there's been a few points where I've gone, that is strange. It is. So on also, uh, there's a badge on McCartney's arm, which uh, people, thought read OPD uh, which is officially pronounced dead uh, it's like a military term um, but then Paul McCartney if he is Paul McCartney came out to say no it's not it's not OPD it's OPP which is the uh, Ontario Provincial Police Department so he was saying it was actually the badge from a police department that's on his arm not a badge that says OPD but equally confusing as to why he would have the Ontario provincial police department badge on his arm anyway why did he have any badge on his arm you know in that album cover it's it's a very odd thing to do so that was one where mccartney came out and tried to clear it up but it still left kind of confusion over oh right okay so it's just opp not opd but then you think (laughs) but why was it opp why did you have that on Mm. in the first place very odd Uh, and on the back of the cover uh, George Harrison is pointing towards the previously mentioned lyrics, uh, Wednesday morning at five o'clock, which many say is a reference to the time and, you know, the day that Paul mm. McCartney died. Uh, so it's it's basically, there's like a lyric sheet on the back of the album and uh, he's pointing directly at that one line and he's the only one that's pointing. Uh, so again, that links back to that line being a bit sussy. You know what I mean? It's uh, There's a lot of stuff like that. Uh, if you put a mirror, this is this is where you start to go oh. absolutely crazy. This is off the deep end. If you put a mirror down the center of the Sergeant Pepper bass drum, which is on the cover, uh, you get the phrase "one uh, x nine he die," <laughs> which can be interpreted as 11-9 he die," a reference to the date of the incident. So you've got the date, 
the day and the time all referenced on one album cover now. They've they found all these different it's clues. It's Sergeant Pepper on, yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Sergeant Pepper was really the. Clue <coughs> Is that was that was that during his during his death? Was it were they making the album? That's yeah, that's the album that they were right. recording at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for it to have all these clues on it, people go, mm, "This is a bit suspicious. This is oh, what could be going on here?" Uh, and so on the next record, the Magical Mystery Tour, um, right. the Beatles is well, just the word Beatles is written in stars, and if you hold it up to a mirror, apparently it gave you the number of a uh, London mortuary, which is uh, obviously where where dead bodies are and such. So if you were to reflect the words Beetle, uh, Beatles in the stars, it would give you a number of the mortuary. I don't know how true that is. I I'm not couldn't, that one. I couldn't <laughs> find any like pictures of it or evidence of that one. Um, so that one's a bit of a throwaway one, I think. It's a bit mm, too graspy at straws. Also, it's just like some random morgue place in London. Yeah, I, I'm not having that one at all. No, like, no, that, that, not the other ones, that one. even the mirror one, I can kind of get behind, but uh-huh. that one's too far. Uh, so many of the photos within the booklet for that album also show McCartney without any shoes, um, which is a signifier. Is everyone else wearing shoes? Yeah, so so McCartney is... He's the only that, one. That's it. That's, there's a lot of that going around in the album. Uh, so in the booklet, there's loads of pictures of McCartney with no shoes on, which is obviously a signifier of a dead person in a lot of cultures like across the world. Not wearing shoes is uh, the dead. That's that's how it goes. Uh, so moving on, um, in a still from I'm the Walrus, which is the same uh, album, but they were doing movies at this point. This is when they were making all the crazy mm. mad movies. There's a still in I'm the this Walrus. This is where they're heaped on drugs as well. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> this is where they'd gone. Like, this is where they get really trippy and shit. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. to be fair, Sergeant Pepper as well, I was doing that. But like, yeah, from this point, it's like, phew, yeah, it's almost like they went off the rails. But uh, carry on. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so uh, that shows an image of uh, Ringo's drum head. And apparently it says, love the three Beatles. And obviously there's there's classically four Beatles. So for it to only say three Beatles, you think, so is one of them an imposter then? Is one of them not a Beatle? I want to interject for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Who was the Beatle that died? Paul McCartney. Fucking hell. No, no, not in this story. Oh, John Lennon. Oh, that's too dead. George Harrison died as well. Oh, no, no, but I know like John Lennon died. So technically, based on this theory, Ringo is the only fucking Beatle. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) yeah, I didn't didn't mean in this story. I was more thinking I knew one of them died like. That's right. So John Lennon Lennon. Lennon got killed in 80, I believe. He He got got murdered and George Harrison also got killed or he got stabbed and survived and then died later. All right, yeah. Uh, later date. No, I was, sorry. I was just, in. I was thinking, like, all right. So, who are the original Beatles? Is still around? Mm-hmm. Is Paul Mc, is the is the Paul McCartney still alive now? Yes. Yeah, because he just did. Is he just? He's did he's he's yeah. arguably the most active of the two. Yeah, I was. I, he just did Glastonbury, didn't he? That's why I was yeah. thinking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so next to that drum kit as well, the one with the three Beatles on it, um, there are McCartney's boots uh, covered in what appear to be blood stains. So again, with all the imagery of McCartney not wearing shoes and then for his boots to be next to the drum kit that says three Beatles with blood stains on them, you know, it lends itself to this whole conspiracy. Um, and another image of McCartney, uh, there's a black flower lapel, uh, a black flower on his lapel. And uh, there's also one of him bearing a crack in his head, uh, which kind of added fuel to the fire because people are like, the black flower is obviously, you know, that's the kind of stuff you'd have at funerals. A, a dead man might be wearing that when he's in the casket and a crack in his head, just a random... Again, they're all on drugs and going absolutely insane, but 
it always seems to lend itself to McCartney and not any of the other members of yeah, the band. Quite weird. Yeah, I was going to say, like, one thing I'd be interested to see is if you really looked into some of these album covers, some of the lyrics, etc., is if any of these things could be related to another member of the band dying or being injured badly, etc. Because I think if you dive deep enough, you could probably find, like, especially for a band like the Beatles, where there'll be so, like, they did so many albums, there'll be so many photographs and films and documentaries and TV shows and stuff with them. I think if you dive deep enough, you could probably find similar instances with the other band members of strange happenings or like things about them maybe being hurt or whatever do you know what i mean well that's one of that's one of the things that a lot of the like supporters of this theory say is that when you do look into it from the perspective of one of the other three members there isn't that much weirdness in the way that paul mccartney is very singled out in a lot of these covers and a lot of the you know the lyrics uh, you know those those are very general and there's a chance you know the lyrics aren't really that substantial mm -hmm. But it's when you get to the album covers and it all seems to be McCartney that's in the weird, you know, position. I guess it could be some weird metaphor for like an ego death or something. So like maybe maybe Paul McCartney had an experience on drugs and he wanted to articulate that he's like, I don't know, cha a changed person or something. And that's his way of telling people that. I don't know, that could be a theory. Like, like born again kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, so he's like, right, oh, that's why I'm... Got my fucking trotters out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So on the on the famous Abbey Road cover, uh, which is the one where they're crossing, crossing the zebra crossing, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a VW in the background with the reg plate of LMW 28IF, which has somehow been turned into Linda McCartney weeps um, and references the age Paul McCartney would have been if he lived, which was 28. Um, except At he would have he would have actually been twenty seven. Yeah. So that theory doesn't stand too. <laughs> and much. also, it was a fucking number plate. That's it. Yeah, yeah. and it was just it's just a random car that was in the that, is, that is super far. That is the worst one. But but this is the one that I think has the most. This is the one that sells it to me more than any of the other ones. I don't personally believe it, but this would be the one where you go, okay, that is a bit weird. So the band walking across the road. Many think that it represents a funeral procession. So John Lennon is dressed all in white at the front, so he would be the priest. Uh, Ringo Starr is in a black suit, uh, so he would be the undertaker. Uh, and then McCartney is uh, barefoot again on this album cover, walking across a road. Let's just put that into place. Whoa, Very yeah, odd thing. I was getting goosebumps there. Um, and so, you know, many corpses are buried and still are with, with no shoes on. They, they have bare feet. Uh, and then George Harrison is following behind, wearing blue jeans and like just a very ragtag outfit. So many believe that this is the grave digger. So this is, you know, he would be behind to then dig the grave for him. So he's wearing all his dirty clothes. Um, and also, the weirdest part is that all three of them are in step apart from Paul McCartney. They're all stepping forwards with their right foot. Paul McCartney stepping forward with his left foot. Yeah, that is strange. I Ooh. did literally just Google that as well. Do you know what one thing that's popped into my head though? Maybe Paul McCartney just wanted to be a bit edgy. He just didn't want to wear shoes. Well, he's he's come out in interviews and said he's like, no, it was a it was a really hot day that day, and uh, I just well, thought I just thought you know I'm gonna take my shoes off. Oh, that's then. even weirder. You won't want to walk on a road barefoot if it's it, really hot. And his his kind of like counter argument for it raises more questions again with the <laughs> OPP and the OPD thing, where his explanation you go Makes it worse. oh. And then you go, oh, oh, why would you? No, that makes less sense now. That that was a terrible way to cover that up. Um, and another thing is that apparently um, McCartney's ear shape um, has changed in countless images. 
uh, with photographs from as late as 2009 being cited as evidence. And if you actually look at the images, the it, I mean, you could look at images of ears all day, but I do think it, there is, it, it does seem somewhat different, but then you've got to think, is it because pictures from back then were taken with different cameras? Has he had maybe plastic surgery on his ears? I know it sounds crazy, but people have very weird, you know, people about themselves. I'm sure that people's ears change over the years as well, especially if, like, you're a live touring band and you've got to always have, like, I don't know what they're called. Do you know, like, the things that you can hear the music and stuff on? But sure it, it, your it's, ears change a little bit. It's not the, like, the, the, the size of the ear or the, like, the outline of the ear. It's, like, the cartilage in the ear as well. So it's a lot of different changes in his ear. That's been cited as a thing. I personally couldn't see it too much, but I could see enough that I went, okay, I can see why people think his ears have changed. Uh, but I personally couldn't see, you know, a lot of that. Um, so that's that's like the majority of the clues that they left. Um, and these, so this is the debunking part. This is where it's it's what the <coughs> band members have come out and said about this. So right, yeah. Paul McCartney had to give a press statement saying, if the conclusion you reach is that I'm dead, then you're wrong because I'm alive and living in Scotland. And then in um, a 1969 interview with Life magazine, he replied to the rumors by saying, do I look dead? I'm as fit as a fiddle. I'm alive and well and concerned about the rumours of my death. Death. But if I were dead, I would be the last to know. Which I was going to say, both of those statements didn't fill me with hope. No. Either of those made me think, oh yeah, he's definitely alive. How does he mean by he would be the last to know? Yeah. What What, what does well, he mean if you're by dead, you, you don't know, do you? You're just dead. But he'd be the last to... Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, it's it's a very weird statement. That's just statement. a very cryptic statement, yeah. The and that was, in, that was in 69, so that was just after the... Uh, incident would have happened essentially um and then uh, george harrison uh just came out and said the rumors are too stupid to bother denying that's all he's ever said on the entire rumor that was the one thing that he came out and said he was like i'm not even going to deny it because these rumors are stupid um and then uh, lennon in uh, 1969 said it's a lot of nonsense paul mccartney couldn't die without the world knowing it the same as he couldn't get married without the world knowing it. It's impossible. He can't go on holiday without the world knowing it. It's just insanity. But it's a great plug for Abbey Road. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I like the fact he like specifically addressed that one as well. That is uh -huh. good. So he was basically saying, I mean, he's definitely not dead, but it's good publicity. Yeah. But the thing that counters that statement is that he's saying Paul McCartney couldn't go on holiday. He couldn't do anything without the world knowing. But Paul McCartney... They this, the the theory is that he died before they got famous and they had to replace him because they were getting famous. No, no, but if he wait, when when did they say he died again? Because if he they died during Sergeant Pepper, which is sixty eight or something, they were fucking famous by then. Though. But that's what yeah, that's the oh. But, so you're saying they actually died? Yeah, but it could be a case of like they recorded the well, they were recording the album. He died, and that or maybe they'd released a few singles from that, and it started blowing up, and they were like, "All right, shit, we're blowing up now. We really." But can't surely you'd only go to such length to create a new person that's still Paul McCartney, but like replicate his work if they've not even got that famous yet it, it only makes sense to well make more sense if they were absolutely huge and they wanted to like continue it whereas if they were just like a bog standard band and fucking this Paul McCartney geezer died they wouldn't fucking it, it was it was around the well the theory is it, it was around the time of the come up so it was before Sarge it was during the recording of Sergeant Peppers and that was the first like seminal album of theirs so that was the did, yeah that was probably yeah that was that absolutely blew him up but even before then though it was like one direction standard of fame it was like fucking girls 
They were, did like the tour in America in like 65, 66. They were huge. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like if they were already big, I suppose the, the point remains the same. You wouldn't want to give up on that massive amount of fame and money that you're all going to make. But then I also think, I suppose if there was a lookalike who came and did it and sounded pretty similar, fair dues, he might enjoy doing that. But surely at this point, like f- 50 years later, it would have it would have come out by now. There was there was a slight point. I d- it was in the 2010s at some point where Paul McCartney actually lost his knighthood. I don't know. I don't entirely know how true it is, but he lost his knighthood for a short while because of these, you know, allegations that he might not be who he is. So he lost his knighthood, which was then reinstated. Um, so the royals believed it to the point of uh, apparently I, right. I can't I can't give much credence to that but apparently that was a thing where he did lose his knighthood for a short while where there was kind of speculations that this might not actually be Paul McCartney who was knighted um, so that that's interesting in itself um, but then in uh, a 1970 interview with uh, John Lennon in Rolling Stone he says I don't know where that started that was Barmy I don't know you know as much about it as me that was bullshit the whole thing was made up. We never went for anything like that. We put tit, tit, tit in girl. It would be things like a beat missing or something like that. See if anyone noticed. I know we used to have a few things, but nothing could be interpreted like that. So he's basically saying, yeah, we did fuck about with music, but we mm. would never put anything in place that would... Wouldn't be putting in backward messages that were interpreted in this fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I really wanted to disbelieve this one, and I'm kind of like 50-50. Like, of course, he's probably alive and it, he probably never died. But there were some things in there that made me think, oh, shit, that, that could be possible. The the barefoot thing ongoing and the weird out-of-step stuff, that could that could be a coincidence, really, to be fair. And the different outfits and the Abbey Road thing. Yeah, I think the fact that he was barefoot twice makes me think that maybe he just liked to be barefoot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's if it was just once on that Abbey Road one, then I'd probably think it was a bit more weird but the fact it was twice makes me think maybe we just try to stand out a bit he wanted to be barefoot on the album covers it's something different to everyone else just wants a bit more attention possibly i don't know Mm -hmm. no i know what you're saying i mean i personally don't don't believe it but i think it's 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 the amount of evidence that's with quotation marks for anybody listening um that you know it, it kind of it's one of those where it's interesting just to see people's thought process and like dig out all this stuff where you go oh that is actually quite interesting but it, like all in all you know how big paul mccartney is now and you know how how big of a, an artist he is i really don't think there's much chance that it would be somebody else that could just inherit his writing skills and yeah all like of the, that. the guy is extremely talented like i mean he wouldn't be big now if it wasn't for kanye though <laughs> Kanye shouting him out. Bloody hell. Well, that's what I mean. Like to, the, to find another Paul McCartney to be able to replace him with such accuracy, oh, it's very difficult to do. Yeah, it would one hundred percent be a difficult one. I don't. I don't think there's a lot of credence in it. There's a documentary called Wing Beetle, um, and that is all about all of these conspiracies. And it's a. I think it's about an hour and a half long. And it basically outlines everything, all of the evidence for it. It plays you all the backtracking. It lets you listen to it all. It shows you all of the imagery. It outlines everything in it. And I think that's a really, it's a very interesting watch and it's very compelling. But obviously in the back of your head, you're going, this is all bollocks. But it's unbelievable the amount of, you know, imagery and, you know, like symbolism there is in these album covers. Because there's a lot of like on the Sergeant Peppers in particular, because of how many people are there, like I say, there's Alistair Crowley. There's a lot of like references to the occult 
and like uh, devil worshipping and all there's, there's a lot it, it goes really really deep in that documentary um so i think it's just a really interesting one really but then you got to remember they're all on fucking drugs <laughs> so yeah they they're all fucked aren't they uh-huh. I think it's funny as well. I'd never even heard of that up to today. Like I'd never no, heard never, these never. rumors ever. But there's so much to it that it's interesting. It is interesting, good one. Yeah. So the only other thing that I wanted to talk about, and this is a bit weird, I feel like a grandma talking about this, right? Because I've been, I, I got a new book a few days ago, and I'm literally like fifty to a hundred pages into it. Not much, but it's about the brain and how the brain works, right? And one of the most interesting things for me was, I think I mentioned this on a previous pod that like I believe in ghosts and I believe I've seen a ghost in this house. Frankie, you've been a part of my ghost stories for many years. Many a time, many exactly, a time. Exactly, exactly. Goes way back. But there was a part in this book that was talking about uh, like how the brain works when you're falling asleep uh, and what happens and why sleep paralysis and sleepwalking happens. And I found this really interesting because as someone who believed in ghosts and demons, well, I still do believe in like ghosts, maybe not so much demons because I'm not particularly religious. Um, but as someone who believed in like the supernatural side of things, I always thought that sleep paralysis must have something to do with like some outer force, some ghostly demon thing coming in my room. And I've only ever actually had it like once and I won't, don't even know if I could really call it sleep paralysis. It was more like 30 seconds of, oh, like I need to get up, but I can't. And this book outlined exactly why it happens. And I found it, it, it was dead interesting. So pretty much there's four parts of the brain that are like kind of activate as you're going to sleep. And there's one part that's like, what you've probably heard of, which is like all your recent thoughts and memories. And when you first start falling asleep, they start firing about and it kind of like reinforces them so that you don't forget what's happened through the day. And that's when you dream as well. Uh, and that's why you have dreams about like, you know, if you've, if you've just been to a lake, you might have a dream that you're on a lake. Or if you've just been telling stories about chocolate, you might have a dream that you're in a chocolate factory or something. I don't know if that happens to you guys. I mean, yeah, no, it, it tends to happen. I, to be honest, I don't really remember my dreams that much but if there's obviously some form of re- relevance if it's not been stuff you've done that day it's stuff you've done that week or whatever yeah. i mean i had a dream about where i was bart simpson recently <laughs> so you, you know i, had a I dream. guess you're watching simpsons that day all the time so you know <laughs> it kind of lends itself to that but i think personally my dreams are unbelievably boring so i do get that so like some of my dreams is i had a dream the other night where i woke up in my bed in my dream got out of bed, went downstairs, did the dishes, came back to bed, went to sleep, and then woke up in real life. It woke up actually. How <laughs> fucking boring. But yeah, it lends itself to that. Where That's it's, like yeah. so boring that it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so boring. <laughs> it's like bloody hell, you've like woken up and now I'm going to do that basically. Yeah, that's all I did. So yeah. you've, you've had a vision, not a dream. Yeah. it's dead weird but anyway so there's like the other three i think was there another two or other three stages of sleep but it like goes deeper and deeper so in like the second stage of sleep all your muscles start to shut down and stuff and like you, you, you know you start relaxing which is why they were saying sometimes you know when you're falling asleep and you're like jolt or you're like you feel like you're falling or something that's why that happens because your muscles start relaxing whatever and then sometimes your brain like will hear a tiny little noise a tiny or it might be a loud noise and it goes shit i need to wake up and that's why you jolt and you go what's going on and then mm. it kind of goes back to these weird animalistic in- instincts but pretty much you go deeper and deeper into sleep through these other stages and the reason that sleep paralysis happens is once your body has reached those deeper stages where the muscles have shut down and you're nice and relaxed sometimes the front part of the brain just reawakens like for whatever reason it might be a, a thought or a noise that you hear this front part of the brain reawakens but the part of your brain which controls your body and the muscles relaxing and moving 
doesn't reawaken at the same time sometimes. So you'll be laid in bed and you'll be you'll be fully asleep. And then this part, the front part of the brain, will reawaken. So you'll open your eyes and you'll be thinking things, but the other part hasn't quite realised that it's time to wake up yet. So you're laid there and you like awake with most of your brain, but the part that's controlling you, like you're like, all right, I want to get up. I can't. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm looking. So there's like a wall, an invisible wall that where like one part of your brain does it because when you wake up, does it is it like a obviously a connection that where yeah. this part of your brain tells that to wake up, but it goes all the way along. Yeah, pretty much. So normally you would wake up and it's like a snap. Like it's like a, a chemical thing will go through your brain and say, right, we're getting up now, we'll sit up, we'll we'll move or we'll wake up, start moving about. Whereas there's just the odd case where sometimes it doesn't quite all snap together. Um, and that's when you have sleep paralysis, when you, you laid there, can't move, but you're still thinking things with that front part of your brain. But one of the weirdest things about it and what I found most interesting was because, of course, the part of your brain that's awake is the one that creates thoughts and emotion and stuff. So we're saying that's why it's really scary because you laid there and in 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 your head you're like I can't move I can't do anything so it automatically like kicks in with fear but that it does that because it uh, quickly awakens the rest of the brain so it's sending more chemicals yeah, so it's out sending more chemicals going this is this is scary this we need to why aren't I moving yeah. but then but then because you're but still then, awake you're looking around thinking what the fuck's going on which which scientifically can start to like you'll start to see things you'll feel more fearful in bed you'll be like laid there thinking what the fuck is going on yeah so is that kind of what lends itself to sleep paralysis demons in the way that it's yeah. more so it's not it's not necessarily obviously an entity and whatnot which I wouldn't say it was anyway but it's more so your brain the, the front area of your brain trying to make sense of what's happening at which point it's obviously full of fear so it's thinking there must be a reason for this okay it's because there's a demon sat on my chest and that's why because yeah. a lot of people get the same experience where they think it's like a little old lady that's sat on the chest and they can't move or it's a figure in the corner of the room and like all those kind of stuff so. so in the thing i was reading as well it was very similar point to that but it was saying also because this th this part of the brain has been so active in in kind of restoring the recent memories and, and making your dream that when just that part is awake and the rest of you like more like they, they called it the reptilian brain because it's like the parts that developed like millions of years ago when we were going through evolution when they're not quite awake we can't like regulate our thoughts as much yeah it was really weird it was strange <laughs> but like the other side of it is sleepwalking is the opposite thing so sleepwalking yeah, is when sense. the older part of the brain is awake and obviously when you're dreaming that part of the brain's still firing so you're walking around and stuff because this brain is saying, "All right, we need to do what's happening in the in the front part, in the in the newer part." So you're walking around, you're going to the fridge, you're doing this, you're doing that, but the other part of the brain isn't firing. So them two don't link so up that, in the that's opposite. That's why way. Like, you end up pissing in the bin or yeah, something like that. Yeah, because you're like, like you, you, you might be, you might not know it, and you probably won't remember the next day. But that part of your head might be going, "Right, we need the toilet now." So you're walking, you're going to the toilet, but you this part hasn't woken up yet to actually kick in and put you into real life. So it's so it's more so that you, your body's walking around and you, you, that's why you're, like you're saying, pissing in a bin and that, because you're basically an idiot is what's happening there. Like you don't, you have no concept of what a thing, you, yeah, know, you know that you need to go to the toilet, but you don't know what a toilet is. Because yeah, so your body's just on autopilot. Yeah. It's like, right, we can move, we can do all this. We, we kind of know what we're doing. 
we're going to go to the toilet now, but we're not actually thinking about it. It's just like a natural instinct. Like when people, part of the brain like, is active. like people that go into the fridge and then rearrange stuff and then put plates in the fridge and stuff like that. It is, it's just because they're that part of the brain's going, we should be doing this stuff. Mm. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm supposed to be. So it's, it's kind of like, a, you know, there's no pilot. It's yeah. kind of just, yeah. No, but yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So like the, the, the example of sleep paralysis is the sense of like the pilot's awake but the plane isn't actually taking off. And then the other example is the plane's taking off, but Without the pilot's pilot. asleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Do you know yeah. What I mean, like yeah. the plane's moving, you're moving about the room, but there's not actually really anyone there mm. controlling it. It's just on autopilot. I like that. Yeah. Like that. Anyway, I'm going to keep reading that book and I'll come back on the next pod with a different random brain fact. But this has been Sorry episode 13. Thanks for joining, yeah. Frankie. Thank you very much. I hope everyone Sorry enjoyed us. the conspiracies. Good stuff. Yeah. Till next time. Bye-bye. Till next time.